0: Hey, and welcome to the Loan Officer Team Training Podcast. My name is Irene DuFord. I'm your host. And today I have with me a really special guest. His name is Kenny DuFord. He is on our team for training and I'd like to introduce him. So why don't you talk a little bit about who you are and what you do, Kenny?
1: Hey, so... My Rain's son. I'm Kennedy Ford. I'm a trainer on the loan team training team. Uh, I'm currently also a loan partner for a very successful loan team. So I'm actually in the trenches doing the work every day. I essentially do the job of a loan officer up front. I talk to the borrowers initially. I gather all the documentation. I do all the pre-approving. I sell and structure the loan. So essentially everything that a loan officer would usually do up front with the clients is my role in the team. And so that's what I do.
0: Well that's great. And he does a great job and I wish I could clone him so that we could so that we could have these kind of great loan partners all over the place. But today our topic is how as a loan officer can I get the most out of my loan partner? If you have one, how to get the most out of them? If you don't have one, here's what you should be looking for in a loan partner. And it's going to really help you succeed when you have a loan partner. This is the one thing that people ask me as a coach all the time. How do I get the most out of my business? How do I grow it? How do I stop doing everything myself? And the way you do it is by having help. You Mm -hmm. have to have really good help, right, Kenny? You've noticed that as you've worked for loan officers. How does it work for you? Like, What do you think your biggest value is? As a loan partner, how can you help your loan officer the most?
1: By just not simply not getting them involved in things that they don't need to be involved in. Now, every team is structured a bit differently. Obviously, on my team, the loan officer, is it's designed so that the loan officer doesn't have to be involved at all. You know, he doesn't even talk to the client initially. He does, If he didn't want to know, he wouldn't even know the leads are coming in the door. They would just come straight to me and he would just go out and continue making it rain a little bit more. Not every team is structured that way. Obviously, a lot of loan officers they have a back end assistant, and they're doing the upfront work. But if you're a loan officer, and if that's the way that your team is structured, and you're doing the upfront work, you're talking to the clients, there comes a time where you hand that over to the next person on your team to take over. Once that time comes, you should not be getting involved unless it's talking to agents. And that's, you know, how you want how you want your system to go you talking to the agents, or unless there's like a really big fire that your loan team can't put out. You really shouldn't be getting involved much at all. You should have the time to be able to go market a little bit more and then bring in more deals. So that's really the biggest value we can bring is just simply not getting the loan officers involved when they don't need to be.
0: And taking great care of the clients while you're doing it, right? So that the loan officers- Of officer- course. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, obviously there are, there are there is scripting that we talk about to where- The clients will always still continue to feel like the loan officer is involved, even when they're not. Even when it's been handed over, they still feel like the loan officer themselves are doing everything because of the words that we're using. And because we're constantly using the name of the loan officer every time we talk to him. Hey, you know, say, Bob, hey, Bob asked me to give you a call and follow up on these documents. You know, Bob wanted me to call and give you this update on your loan, all that stuff.
0: Mm -hmm. And it makes a big difference one of the things that i notice as a coach is when loan officers are afraid to let go that's the biggest thing and in our training courses in our wow training course we ask that question what's the biggest thing that holds you back as a loan partner and what's the number one thing they always tell us it's always yeah. it's always that the loan officer is too involved and i've been guilty of that myself over the years when i when i was originating myself it was the same thing i had to be very careful not to be involved and luckily my loan partner helped me get rid of that habit by saying, you should be out getting business. I should be in here taking care of the loans. And that really, it cured me. It helped me for the loan partner to take charge like that and say, this is my job. Let me do my job in a kind way, of course. So it's really important that we have a loan partner that is excellent at what they do. They're great with people on the phone. They're excellent at the mortgage part of it. So they as a loan officer, you can let go and you can feel comfortable that that person is taking great care of them. You may not always have time to train them how to do those things. So hopefully you're going to get somebody that's already trained. But if you don't, we have classes for that. Right, Kenny? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. We have plenty of classes and you can outsource the training if you want to. But today we're going to talk about a few things that a loan partner should be involved with and know what to do. And one of the first ones Is team culture. They need to know what your team culture is. They need to be on board with the team culture. So, how do you do that, Kenny, when you're a lone partner, as a loan partner? How do you get into team culture?
1: I mean, I think that the biggest thing with team culture is as a loan officer, you're the one who's obviously going to implement the values that you want. So, I think having a vision and shared values are important and openly discussing that with your team is always a good thing. And on, on my team, we meet a lot on video. So, even though uh, your your people may be in your office and if so even better but if you have remote workers it's great to get everybody on a zoom call or on any sort of you know video platform to where we can see each other and we're talking every day so that really helps you know build a synergistic culture because i don't know when someone's just on the phone it's a little bit different than when you can see them face to face
0: yes it's almost like they're in your office right absolutely yeah, yeah. so uh, that's important so instead of getting on the phone you guys do video
1: yeah, I mean, we still get on the phone for little things. It's not like we're going to hop on a video call for a quick question that I can call somebody on. But, you know, multiple times a week, we're getting on video to chat. And a lot of that's for pipeline meetings, right? Pipeline meetings going over each loan. If your team is not doing pipeline meetings on a regular basis, you definitely need to be doing them. And doing those on video is a great way to do it.
0: OK, I like that. Uh, the next thing is knowing the loan partner needs to know their role. They need to know not only their role, but the role of everybody on the team. It's really easy for a loan partner to wonder what the loan officer is doing. If they know what the loan officer's role is from A to Z, how they're out getting business and how they're making it rain and they're going to networking events and they're talking to agents and meeting with agents and all of that. If the loan partner knows, or even the whole team knows what the loan officer is out doing, not not a reporting type of knowing, you know, they don't have to be accountable to them, but just their role in general. If they know that, it helps them. You know, years ago, I went into a training course. It wasn't a course. It was with a company. And they put me in a supervisory training role. And I went to, it was when savings and loans were, this was a long time ago, because it was when savings and loans were still really big. And I went to different departments to find out what everybody did. The accounting department, the loan servicing department, the branches. I went to several different branches and they had me check out what everyone else was doing. And it really gave me a wide view of what other people were doing and how it related to what we were doing at the branch. And that's what people need. I think a loan partner, if they know what each role is on the team and who does what, it's a lot more clear what their role is. Don't you think so, Kenny? Absolutely,
1: and also as a loan officer, there's probably been times on your team where something was missed and you think that the loan partner should have done it. But if they didn't know that that's their job, how can you expect them to do it? Then they get frustrated because you're frustrated at them and it's just a whole thing. It has to be clearly defined. It has to be clearly defined every single, you have to break down the loan process into little tiny individual steps and it needs to be written and they need to know what it is. That way you can hold them accountable if they don't do it, right? Every time a mistake is made, every time something is missed, you can go straight to their job description and say, hey, you know, this is on this is on you. Or, you know, sometimes things happen in a loan and nobody knows whose fault it was. That's when you can go back to the job descriptions and find out. And that way it's more synergistic instead of it's not pointing fingers. It's like, hey, you know, there, there, so there's times when bumps in the road happen on my team and we're just like, yeah, to be honest, I don't really know where that mistake was made or what happened. We go back to the job descriptions and it's all right there. It tells us who was supposed to cover what, who was supposed to do what, and it's not a finger pointing session, but it's more of just like a "how can we be better?" What was missed, that kind of thing.
0: And that's the biggest thing: is how can we be better? That's the way to approach it. You know, how can we improve? And what can we do next time so that that doesn't happen again? The
1: right. next thing nothing's is- worse though than than a loan as a loan partner being blamed for something you didn't even know you were supposed to do, or you were unsure, or you know you assumed that the loan officer did it or something like that. Right? It just needs to be clear so that there's no of the none of those gray areas.
0: Yes, I like that. The other thing is having just an amazing team, making sure that you pick the right people to be on your team so that the loan officers have the right person with the right values. They're in sync with the way the loan officer wants to do things. And it's just really important that that take place so that everyone is on the same page about the way that they deliver service and they wow people. Yeah. Yeah. The next thing is, do they have a great mindset? Have they learned how to use successful self-talk? How do they get around obstacles that could be holding them back as a, as a lone partner or anyone on the team, not just a lone partner, anyone on the team? So in our class, we actually go through that in our WOW training. In In fact, in every class we have, we go through mindset because it's that important. Most people are not exposed to the language of success and how to have good self-talk. Yeah, they see things on on social media or that type of stuff. Loan officers get a lot of that training, but the loan teams don't always invest in themselves in the same way. And so, this is a really good thing to talk about on your team: Are they speaking the language of success? Are they using the good self-talk, or are they negative, or are they positive? So, Kenny, how have you seen that? Other than in our course, how to have you seen that plane played out in? on your teams that
1: you've been on well i think that there are a lot of people and my myself included at one point sometimes your loan officer asks you to make some calls right whether it's past database calls you know the just ask or the update calls to the loan loan to the realtors and agents and and clients sometimes they ask you to do the pre-approved and looking calls and sometimes as loan partners we may not want to do those calls we may not like those calls we may not be comfortable doing those calls and so have you ever asked one of your loan partners to to call before make calls or do something and it just seems like they're not doing it no matter how many times you tell them, it's probably because they hate it and they haven't, and they keep telling themselves that they hate it or that they're scared to do it or that they don't like it. And they're constantly telling themselves that over and over and over. I used to hate making past database calls. I just did not like doing them for some reason. And I was just telling myself that over and over until I actually learned to be intentional about my self-talk and write it out and actually say it out loud every single day. And now I don't mind making past past database calls, but it took a little bit of work to actually rewire that negative self-talk into positive self-talk to where now, if my loan officer asks me to make a set of calls, I can just do it without having to worry about it. And it may not be that. It may be uh, I'm so afraid of dealing with this difficult client or if your loan team has to call and give bad news about something, they may not really like doing that. So everything can be rewired with positive self-talk to make things that they don't like doing more easy to do.
0: And this is a really important thing to teach your team. Mindset is the foundation for everything. And when they improve their self-talk, they improve their life. They improve your life as a loan officer. They improve the client's lives, the, your referral partner's lives. Everybody wins when good self-talk is, is said every day. And so that's one of the things that we teach in our class. And that's so important. In every one of our classes, we teach that because that's how important it is. It's
1: consistently the biggest takeaway. Like I would say 70% of the people that take the class, that's their biggest takeaway from it Mm -hmm. is that they enjoyed that the most. They thought that was the most helpful.
0: Yes, because it helps them in their personal lives. It helps them in their business life. And because it's helping them in their business life, it's helping the loan officer in their business because now they're learning how to rewire what they say to themselves in a good way. Yeah, that's that's important. I'm glad you brought that up because that is the, the number one thing people tell us. Yeah, they don't get a lot of that. A lot of people don't get, they don't get a lot of that in other places. So the next thing is uh, having efficient loan processes. Kenny talked about it a few minutes ago, but mapping out a clearly defined loan process on paper is really, really important. And then having an expectation of who's doing it, what is what is the task, who's doing it, When is the deadline? And what's the follow-up date afterwards? Those are the four things that are really important for everyone on the team to know about everything. So how does that work for you, Kenny? How has that helped you to know those things?
1: It just keeps the loan on track. Like if I know that, okay, I hand the, once I get a contract, I hand the file over to the loan partner, the next loan partner within X amount of days the loan partner has the file for X amount of days to get it disclosed and ready for the processor. And then the processor has X amount of days to get it into underwriting. If we know those timelines, we can follow where the loan's at. For example, if you've ever had a loan that just went into initial underwriting 10 days or seven days before closing, obviously there was a huge delay getting it to underwriting. What caused that? Who had the file and why was it not, you know, moved along faster? What happened? So you, knowing those timelines, again, you can hold people accountable and figure out what happened a lot easier. Whereas if you don't have those timelines, then again, how can they be expected to know exactly when they should be getting a file over to the processor or or into underwriting and all that stuff? It's just always good to have those expectations laid out.
0: Mm -hmm. And everybody's on a different uh, page, right? You're not all on the same page when everyone on the team doesn't know what the expectations are with deadlines. It's important.
1: When you're having your pipeline meetings, a couple times a week, you you can say, you know, it's we're on day nine, where should the file be right now? Where is it right now? And make adjustments as needed. It's a lot easier. Look, you're gonna have way, way less like late closings. If you can course correct during the loan versus finding out a week before closing. Oh, here's what happened. It's like, no, you're just making constant little course corrections. There's obviously gonna be bumps that come up during the road during the loan process. It may have stayed in the loan partners. You know, queue for a day too long, that's okay. You can make tiny course corrections along the way Mm -hmm. if you're constantly following up on it and knowing what those expectations for the timeframes are.
0: And I would say that, of all the things that, if you take away anything from today, uh, of the value that we're bringing to you today, is make sure that you are setting those expectations the proper way and that everyone on the team knows what they are so that they can follow them. Because otherwise, everyone's guessing and everyone has their own idea of what the timeline should be. But really Mm. it's up to the loan officer, the person that's, it's their business to set those parameters. And you might check with your team, uh, talk it over with your team and see if what you're setting is realistic. For the team might give you feedback because they're the ones that are boots on the ground, knowing what the timelines, what timelines are realistic and which ones aren't. So it's a good thing to synergize to come up with those dates if you need Mm. to. how to handle difficult clients, how to make clients feel appreciated and valued, and how to handle and overcome objections. It might be time to ask for some help. That's why we're here. Loan Team Training has our next live wow training coming up. We train your team for you so you can focus on closing loans. Check it out at loanteamtraining.com for our next class and see how many five-star reviews we have from past WOW training participants and their loan officers who sent them at loanteamtrainingreviews.com. Remember, it's an interactive virtual training with live trainers, and we train any of your support staff that is communicating with clients and referral partners. Our sessions are 9 to 1130 Pacific time. Check us out and sign your loan partner or team member up at loanteamtraining.com. The other thing is your loan partner and your team members should know what their daily priorities are for the day. Do they have a list of things that are the priorities for the day? How do you do that, Kenny? Do you, do you keep a running list each day, like when you start your day out? How, how does that work?
1: Yeah, I mean, most I think most loan teams these days will have CRMs that will give them tasks. You know, you put in notes, you follow up with this client on this day. The next follow up date is X. And you, so I'll have a task place every day in my CRM of people to follow up with. But also things that are like really important. I just use orange post-it notes and I put those on my desk. And it doesn't really matter what your system is, as long as there's actually a system to get things done. The CRM is nice because then you as a loan officer can go back in and see what your team is doing. Right. Whereas like My loan officer can't see my post it notes on my desk, but these are just more for me to remember like the main priorities.
0: But it's important to put everything in the CRM for notes. Yeah. Like, absolutely. Task reminders. So, have a CRM
1: anywhere where you can see it, then you're never going to know what the loan team's doing. And they could be lying to you, just honestly. (laughs) They could just make up anything. Oh, I I did X, 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 and X today. And I
0: actually have seen that happen, not in my business, but I've seen loan officers tell me I had no idea that things were not being done until they were gone, until Mm -hmm. I let them go or until they went and found a different job. And I was wondering why things weren't on track. And that's the reason. But if you have it, it's just the way you work that you put everything in a CRM. And I always tell people the reason you do that is because like, Kenny, if you had to be out one day on an emergency... Your team would need to know what was going on without having to check with you, especially if it's an emergency. They're not going to call you.
1: Yeah, if I'm not available or if I'm not able to answer the phone, yeah, they need to be able to step in and know the last time I talked to the client, what we talked about, what the next steps are.
0: Yes. And the same thing for the rest of your team as well. So that's really important. Having checklists is another thing that a loan officer should have in place. You should have a checklist for things so that it's done the same way every time. And there's a process, right? And a checklist. It's, yeah, lists are, are everything. It's-
1: Outside of self talk, that's the most important thing we talk about in our classes is doing things the same way every time and using checklists to make sure that that happens. Because if you don't, I mean, you, you, you know how many things could possibly go wrong during the loan process. It's, there's just an innumerable amount of things that could go wrong. It's impossible to list them all. It seemed like there's something new every single time. But a checklist will have every single thing that needs to be checked up on and if you're actually following a checklist every single time and making sure that nothing is missed on that checklist and not moving on to the next step until you've done this then very very few things will ever go wrong during the loan process and if they do it's not going to be you or your team's fault it's going to be something that happened outside of your control
0: yes if you notice every time you get on a plane the pilot is going through a checklist. Everybody's going through a checklist. And that pilot, it doesn't matter how many hours or how many 30 years that they've been flying, they still go through a checklist on purpose, because they do things the same way every time and people's lives are at stake. And they want to make sure that every single thing is done. And Kenny, tell us the story about the Boeing pilot.
1: Yeah, so I I forget the year, but it was 30s, 40s, 50s, I can't remember, but Boeing was getting a contract, I think, with the Air Force to, and again, don't quote me on the details of the story, but uh, it, it was a, like a contract for the military, and they were putting on a show about a new, I think it was like the B 2 bomber that they were coming out with. And it was like a really, really fancy, they called it the Flying Fortress. Uh, it was a really fancy plane, and uh, they had a whole air show where their lead test pilot, and I think, like an Army, army lieutenant or Army. Some sort of officer in the army was in the plane with them, and it was a whole show. And what happened was everything was going great. The plane took off well, and then as soon as it lifted, it basically nosedived and crashed. People died. I don't remember exactly who died, but a few people died, and it was this really big tragedy. A lot of important people uh, were injured and died. And what they found out was nothing was wrong with the plane. When they actually went through the analysis of what happened, there was an experienced pilot, nothing went wrong with the plane. There was no mechanical issues. Boeing didn't do anything wrong with their production of the plane. What happened was the pilot who had thousands of hours of flight experience was super, super great pilot forgot to, I think, release one of the brake locks or something. It was just like a simple button that he did not click prior to taking off that caused the plane to crash and you know if you think about that during the loan process it just probably sounds really familiar the tiniest thing was missed and now the whole process is completely chalked because the tiniest little thing was missed so after that boeing came out with a checklist and and the whole airline industry was reformed to now everybody followed a checklist every single time to make sure something like that doesn't happen again
0: yeah and that's where checklists got started i mean in the airline industry at least and it's Mm -hmm. important and I'm grateful <laughs> as somebody who flies, I'm grateful that they have a checklist, that even though they've been flying for years and years, they still use it. And it's the same thing in the mortgage business. You could be in the business forever, but there are distractions, right? You're in the middle of something and you get distracted and then you forget to come back to exactly where you were unless you have a checklist. So we are huge checklist advocates and because it yeah. works.
1: And we provide a checklist with the class to them that you can actually use on your team to follow.
0: Yes. So the next thing is that words are very powerful. The scripts, the dialogues that we use in the mortgage business are really important to communicate with people, make people feel good, to be able to build and strengthen relationships. That's really, really important. And how we ask for things throughout the loan process as well, ask for documentation, how we follow up make sure that we're asking the right way for borrower documentation in a way that gives them a deadline as well, not just that we're asking for documentation, but giving them the reason why and then giving them a deadline and making sure that we follow up afterwards on the deadline to make sure that it's being followed up on. Really, really important. And how how a loan partner Maybe, Kenny, you can explain to us how a loan partner gets the agents and the clients to want to talk to the loan partner instead of the loan officer. This is a big deal.
1: Well, I think that that requires a lot of upfront talking to and scripting by the loan officer and talking to their agents and just saying, hey, you know, my team handles this part of the process they're going to be the best people to reach out to that's going to get you the quickest answers possible you can always call me of course but if you do i'm most likely just going to have to turn around and call them and then call you right back so if you want quick answers they're the best people to reach out to cuz i'm going to be you know speaking with clients pre approving clients and doing all that stuff up front and we don't want to make you wait we want to make sure that you get the answers that you're looking for as soon as you can so typically you know this person on my team is going to be the best person to call during the process Yes. Something like that. I mean, that, that kind of scripting, but if the loan officer never ever says that, then how can you expect your agents to just automatically call your team? They're going to want to call you because they don't want to talk to your team. Really. They just want to talk to you. They would, if it were up to the agents, you would do 100% of everything. You would be processing the freaking loan if it was up to the agents. So, cause you know, you you got involved. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time you have to sell it as a benefit to the agent that your team is going to be involved, right? Yeah. If the agent doesn't see how it's going to be a benefit to them, then they're not going to want your team involved at all. And they're going to get frustrated when they have to talk to somebody else on your team. So don't just bury your head in the sand, talk to your agents up front about it.
0: And let them know how amazing your loan team is. If you don't have an amazing loan team, then you can't say that and it will make you feel uncomfortable. So make sure you have an amazing loan team, number one. And if you do, when you do, you're going to be able to be able to say that to them and talk about, talk them up, talk about how awesome they are, how they're going to take great care of you and they're there for you. And that way they don't have to, you don't have to wait. So yep. that's really, really important. Another thing is handling objections, how to teach your loan team, how to handle objections that come up, how to deal with difficult clients, how to ask for referrals. That's a big, big deal. A lot of loan partners think that that's sales sales activity, and it's not really sales activity if they're doing it the right way. So tell us about that, Kenny. Yeah,
1: I mean, your team's not going to be asking for referrals unless you tell them it's part of their job. And when you do tell them it's part of their job, they're probably going to be really nervous and freaked out because they do look at it as something salesy, and pushy. And obviously, they're not that way naturally, because if they were, they wouldn't be doing the back end role. They'd be doing more front end stuff like you. They have a different mindset, uh, a different personality. But the thing is, asking for business doesn't have to be pushy at all. So it's just a misconception that we teach about in our classes. Hey, asking for business is not pushy. You are not inconveniencing every anybody. It's not like when you walk into a retail store and the person, the salesperson is breathing down your neck the whole time you're in the store. Nobody likes that. But that's not what we're doing when we're asking for business. It's a simple way to end the conversation. Oh, hey, by the way, before I let you go, you know, the name of your loan officer. Hey, by the way, before I let you go, Bob wanted me to ask you if you knew of anybody who was looking to buy, sell, or refinance. If you do come across anybody like that, could we count on you to send them over our way? And they'll say yes. Right. And we we teach them how. That's not pushy. That's just very conversational. No one's going to be offended by that ask. So it makes it a little bit easier for them. We go over scripts and dialogues, but it's important to not just say, hey, you need to be asking for referrals, but you need to teach your team how to ask for referrals. Because if you don't, they're not going to do it. I promise, they're not going to do it. You can't just tell them to do it and expect them to know how. It's just not in their business mind profile, whatever you want to call it. It's just not natural for them like it would be for you. Mm-hmm.
0: So it's important that they learn how to ask and realize What we do in the class is we really teach them and we talk about it a lot. Like We go through it in detail, not just briefly, but we help them change their mindset through self-talk, but also change their mindset that you are actually helping people when you ask for referrals. Because first we ask them, do you feel comfortable with people coming to your team? Do you feel like when they come to your team, they're going to get a great experience? And of course, everybody always raises their hands. And then we tell them, okay, if you're comfortable with that, then when you're asking for a referral and they end up coming to your team or staying with your team, they're going to get such an amazing experience that you're actually helping them. You're avoiding them going to a team that won't give them an amazing experience and you're helping them. And that's a big aha moment for a lot of loan partners, don't you think? They look at it differently after that. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's really important that they understand that they're actually helping people when they ask for referrals. And the other thing is they're not asking for themselves, they're asking for the loan officer. So it's a lot easier for them to ask when they're asking on your behalf instead of on their own behalf. So it's Mm -hmm. really important that they understand that they're helping people. And that is one of my favorite parts when I see that they change their mindset about that. That's one of the favorite mm-hmm. things that I enjoy in the class is to see that right. like, look at it. It's as like an aha selling. moment. Yeah, it's like an aha yeah. moment. They don't look at it as selling anymore. And so yeah. the other thing that we do is we teach them, and this is something you should do as a loan officer, is teach them how to make the calls, how to make the Tuesday update calls, what to say, and then how to ask at the end. And then the the, cl- the calls for the past clients, how to yeah. converse with them, how to talk with them, Keep it, the notes in your CRM. So if someone spoke to them and let's say they got a new puppy, then the next time someone calls them, it's in the CRM and they can ask, oh, yeah, Kenny was saying that you got a new Labrador. How is that lab doing? And really have a conversation and build a relationship with them, not just, hey, uh, you know, the loan officer wanted me to give you a call and see how you're doing, and then right away go into well if you know of anybody looking to buy salary refinance, will you let them send them our way no that's not what the call is about it's more conversational it's more i care about you and bob cares about you the loan officer bob cares about you and that's what it's all about
1: people are going to be really impressed when they know your team actually cares about them and they're going to be much more willing to refer people your way when they feel that way
0: yes and the way they know is that you put notes in the whoever spoke to them last And anytime somebody gets news about a client, they put it in the CRM so that they can be asked about it the next time that they're called. Whether it's on a Tuesday update call where you're calling the listing agent, the buying agent, both borrowers, and maybe the insurance company or the title company, you're calling them every week and we're teaching them how to make those calls. And you should be teaching them as a loan officer how to make those calls. Take the time to train them or send them to our class, either one. The next calls are... The past client calls, obviously, to build and strengthen that relationship. And then also the people who are pre-approved and looking, they're actually actively looking. And it's so easy to have them go somewhere else while they're looking because everyone is reaching out to them. There's trigger leads that are happening. There's all kinds of things that are happening to take them away. And they could go to a different agent that doesn't know you and have them all. They could go to a different lender because of that. But if you keep Mm -hmm. in touch with them, and you care about them, and your team makes those calls for you, if you don't have time to make them, then it's really important. And they're building and strengthening the relationship while they're looking for homes. You know, if you are shown that somebody was listening to you, why wouldn't you stay with them, right? You would stay with them if you know they're listening to you. If something is important to you, like, say, your kids or let's say you mentioned that your kids were having a soccer game, you're a client and you mentioned that your kids were, you're going to a soccer game, so I'll call you tomorrow. You you say that to a loan partner, then the loan partner, the next time they put it in the CRM and the next time they call for an update, they ask, oh, how did your soccer, how did your daughter's soccer game go the other day? You mentioned you were on your way. That is not common. Most people don't do things like that. They don't, especially a team member doesn't normally ask about things like that. But when they do, it makes a huge difference. So that's one of the things that, that we teach them how to do and that you as a loan officer should be teaching them how to do. We go through in the class, I am a big advocate of knowing what each person's language of appreciation is. As a loan officer, you should know what the language of appreciation is of everybody on your team. It could be uh, words of affirmation. It could be service
1: quality time quality yeah
0: quality time it could be any of those things and so if you know what their language is and you speak in their language it's going to help them feel more appreciated on your team in the show notes I'm going to put a link to a motivation by appreciation inventory so that you can order one for each one on your team if you send them to our class we do that for you in our wild WOW training but it's really important to know those things Kenny doesn't it make you feel appreciated? when your loan officer speaks in your language instead of their language, like what's important. Yeah. To them.
1: yeah I mean, if you just blanket, thank everybody the same way you're going to not like, so for me, for example, like telling me that I'm doing a good job, it, it really means a lot to me to get that verbal affirmation or is like getting me a gift. I'd, I'd appreciate it for sure. I would, I would, I would love it, but it's not going to be as meaningful to me as, like a verbal like, hey, you're doing a great job, right? So everybody receives things differently. So knowing how your team receives things, you're just gonna be able to max out the appreciation that they feel most loan officers typically don't do that. They just kind of blanket thank everybody the same way. And you know, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. It's better than doing nothing. But if you really want to get the most bang for your buck, and, and make sure that your team knows that they really that you really appreciate them, it's best to know how they receive it for sure.
0: Yeah, And so that's really important. And I think as a coach, I tell people this. I think everybody should have a motivation by appreciation inventory done so that they know what their language of appreciation is. And everyone on the team knows it so that everybody can relate to each other in the language that is important to the person they're talking to. That's, that's an important one. And we go through that. It's important to teach them how to connect with people, how to look for moments of connection things that they can connect with people on. That's really important in communication. So if I had to call wow training anything, I almost want to call it a a communication course with processes. That's what I would say it is. Don't you think so, Kenny?
1: Yeah. I mean, that's the biggest thing. I mean, you don't definitely don't want to overlook the process part of it because we teach them, you know, really, really important processes to implement. But at the same time, m- most of the class is spent on how to communicate well with clients. Cause that, it's called wow for a reason. Like your process itself really isn't going to wow a client. I mean, when things go well, that's what a client expects to do, right? So you don't, you avoid like big problems, but they're going to be wowed by how your team makes them feel. And that's really going to be come down to how well your team communicates with them. Mm -hmm. You could wow realtors with your process because they know a little bit more about the industry and how... Badly things can go with a bad lender, but clients expect things to go well. So by implementing the systems and processes we give you in the class, that's great. You're fulfilling the client's expectations, but fulfilling the client's expectations and wowing them are two different things. And the line on getting into wowing them really depends on communication. And I'm not talking about just like communicating and keeping them updated. I'm talking about every single interaction with them, making them feel special, using the right words, those kinds of things.
0: Yes. It's really important. So we do call it wow training on purpose because we're teaching people to wow, not only with the systems and processes, which we cover, not only with making phone calls, which we cover, but the way we treat people, right? The communication that we have with them. It's really important. Those are some of the things that we cover in the wow training. Of course, we cover much more than that. But what I would say that we cover the most, that the benefit that the loan officer really gets from our training course, the wow training is that they end up hearing it from somebody other than you, other than the loan officer. You can tell them things just like a parent can tell a child things, but as soon as their friend tells them or somebody else trails them or their teacher tells them, it's different. And when a trainer is telling them things compared to when you're trying to tell them as a loan officer on your team, it might come off a little bit different and they they get it more because it's not their boss telling them that. And so that's one of the biggest takeaways that we've heard from loan officers is that they're getting it from somebody different than them and most loan officers don't have the time to train in the detail that we're training. But right. if you do and you want to do this, we've given you some tools today to cover with your loan office with your loan partners. Yep, and yep. so I I hope you've gotten value from this. Do you have anything to add Kenny?
1: not at all just be intentional about all the things that we talked about today with your loan partners don't expect your loan partners to just automatically know what to do all the time just be clear when it comes to job descriptions processes roles if you don't have the time to to teach them the exact way that you want them to do it don't just teach them a little bit because that's all you had the time for you're not going to get the benefit out of that send them to our training course we've got you know a lot of training options available depending on their needs if they're a front end person like me that talks to the client up front, if they're a back end processor, back end loan partner, if they're brand new to the industry, and all they do is customer service, but they want to learn loans, we even have a class for that, just take their training seriously, invest in them, and you're going to be so glad you did. My loan officer that I work for right now, just said that he had a vacation where he was able to completely disconnect and he hasn't had a vacation like that in a very, very long time. He was able to spend that time in Disney World with his kids, not have to worry about what was going on with loans. And he was able to do that because he's invested in his team a lot up to this point. It didn't happen immediately for him, but he invested in the right ways in his team and it paid off huge. That's
0: awesome. That makes me so happy to hear that when a loan officer can do that and enjoy the time, the freedom, and not have to worry about things that are happening at the office because he's invested. So I hope this has brought you value today. I I hope that you'll take even just one thing and train your team or send them to our class. Either one, we're here for you. If you have any questions, you can uh, give us a call. We're going to put some stuff in the show notes so that you can have some of the links that we talked about getting you to some of the resources that we've mentioned And uh, we're glad you're here today, and we hope that you have a great rest of the day. And if you have any questions, let us know. If you had a takeaway from this today, can you do me a favor and share it with other loan officers that you know? I would really appreciate that. That would mean a lot to me. So have an enjoyable day.